All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers, what the fuck buddies, what the fucksters, what's happening? What the fucking nuts? How's it going? Everybody all right? I'm Mark Marin. Uh, nice to meet you, or welcome back. This is my podcast, WTF. It's been going strong for over a decade. We're a decade in or so, a little over. Isn't that insane? When you've been doing something a decade, when you've been doing something twice a week for a decade, putting something up twice a week, two a week for a decade. Hey, look, man, I know a lot of you got jobs. You've been showing up for years. Some some of you have been at the same place for 20, 30 years. It's weird, though, right? It's weird to have a gig for that long. 10 years. This has been my gig. Thanks for hanging out. Danny DeVito is on the show today, but I was so glad to have him. He's genuinely one of the na- the most naturally funny fuckers around. And, I, and I'm surprised it hasn't happened earlier. But he was right here in this room, in my house, hanging around, talking to me. And you'll get to hear it in a second or in a few minutes. Depends how you handle this. Really depends on how you listen to my podcast. Next week, I'll be at the Miriam Theater in Philadelphia on Thursday, October 10th. The Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. on Friday, October 11th. And the Schubert Theater in Boston for two shows on Saturday, October 12th. Uh, Then I'm heading to Nashville at the James K. Polk Theater on Friday, October 18th, the Tabernacle in Atlanta on Saturday, October 19th, and the Masonic in San Francisco on Saturday, October 26th. You can go to wtfpod.com slash tour for tickets. But here's the big news. I will be taping my Netflix special at the Red Cat Theater here in Los Angeles. That's in the Walt Disney Concert Hall Complex. Two shows on Wednesday, October 30th at 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. Those are on sale as well at wtfpod.com slash tour. Los Angeles, come out. I would grab these. It's not a big place. It's only a couple hundred people for show, give or take. All right? Right down here at the Red Cat Theater. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be different. I don't know how different it's going to be. It becomes sort of a tricky thing to... You can't reinvent the wheel with a comedy special, but uh, sometimes you can get some different angles. You can make it look a little different, but by coincidence... I don't know if it's by coincidence, but I was going to do it at the Schubert, and we couldn't get some shots that we wanted to get. And the Schubert is not unlike a lot of theaters built in that, you know, in that time, probably early 1900s, a lot of the specials you see, a lot of the, the mid-sized theaters that we play as comics are those theaters, vaudeville theaters, some stage theaters built in the early 1900s. And they all have same the same vibe. Some of them have different ghosts and slightly different decor, but it's sort of the same vibe. And you get it. You know it. You've seen it on other specials. And we just couldn't pull off what we wanted to pull out there, which was really just a, a couple of shots that would have been difficult to execute, uh, if not impossible, uh, given the structural problems. So now we're at the Red Cat, which is where we're going to shoot the special on October 30th, day before Halloween, 7 o'clock show and a 10 o'clock show. Los Angeles, that's, that's where we're doing it. Grab those tickets. I'm repeating myself, I know, but I'm just telling you you should get them. But uh, this is a classic kind of mid-sized black box theater where we can really do whatever we want with it, but it's going to have a different space to it, a different vibe. It's going to, uh, I think it's going to feel different. It's going to look different. I'm not exactly sure how we're going to go about doing what we're going to do. Lynn Shelton is directing and uh, I'm excited about it. 
I don't. I, I think I'm going to approach the material a little differently than I usually do. I've been working on this stuff for over a year, and uh, I've got to make some choices. This is the final phase of the process, which is choosing the bits, fitting them together, and figuring out what the arc is or if there's a through line, which I have done, but I don't know if I've really tightened up to the set to the point where, you know, because I get on stage, man, and I want to go like an hour and a half, two hours. It just seems to be sort of where I'm comfortable, but I really got to get this down to like 70, 75 minutes. So that's the trick. But uh, I hope as many of you can come as possible. I'm looking forward to doing it there at the Red Cat and right here in town, right here in L.A. How do you like that? Um, I'm excited about uh, you know how aggravated our president is. Um, I, I'm excited at, at how uh, freaked out and angry and scary he's gotten because of these impeachment proceedings, because he, he fucked up for real again and got caught in a way that you know might stick I, it's hard to know how this system is going to handle anything but thrilling times nonetheless i'm not sure we're going to beat out the uh, environmental collapse uh, but exciting stuff and he's a scumbag he's a first class one of the great scumbags of american history that said how do i dress uh, this other stuff I, it seems that i get pressured to react to things and I just want you to know that uh, there's a lot of things as I get older, like people are asking me, what do I think about Todd Phillips, what he, what he said in an interview about uh, why he doesn't make comedies anymore. He's directed The Joker and it's because, you know, you can't be funny anymore. It's gotten too d- difficult to be funny with woke culture. You know, that tired saw, that old saw. Uh, You know, there's plenty of people being funny right now. Not only being funny, but being really fucking funny. There are lines, still lines to be rode. If you like to ride a line, you can still ride a line. If you want to take chances, you can still take chances. I mean, really, the the only thing that's off the table culturally at this juncture, and not even entirely, is a... you know, shamelessly punching down for the sheer joy of hurting people, for the sheer excitement and laughter that some people get from causing people pain, from making people uncomfortable, from making people feel excluded. Uh, you know, that that excitement. And as I've said before, it's it's no excuse. I mean, if you're too intimidated to try to do comedy that is deep or provocative or even a little controversial, you know, without hurting people, then, I mean, you're not good at what you do. Or maybe you're just insensitive. And look here, this, I think this is what I wanted to talk about a little bit is that throughout my career as a comic, which is going on 30 some odd years since I've been working, I've done every kind of comedy. Early on, I was just trying to figure out how to write jokes, and then I was in the provocative school of comedy where it was part of the agenda, and I still I hear it ringing around today with this sort of uh, anti-woke racket, uh, the, the anti-woke bunch, the edgelords, as uh, my friend Brendan calls them, is that, you know, hey, man, you got to challenge yourself to make the worst things funny, the darkest things funny, the most heinous things funny. And I and I remember being of that school. Like if a tragedy happened, you know, how do we make how do we turn it right away without any consideration for for how it'll be received? Really, the the challenge was: can you do it? 
you know, despite the fact that it might be insensitive or wrong minded or hurt people. It's just like that didn't matter. It was really about can you make it funny? And I believe that there is an, an earnestness to people who say that's what they want to do. I believe they don't think they hurt people. I believe that they don't think that they're causing trouble. I believe they they just enjoy the challenge of pushing the envelope, you know, just to see if they can do it. But I understand it. And again, here's the deal. If you want to quit making comedies like Todd said he, he did, if you want to quit doing comedy, fine. Just quit. Just don't do it anymore. But to sit there and complain that, you know, that it's gotten too difficult. Well, then what are you? Are you just uh, you, you're just not good enough or you can't rise to the occasion or you can't figure out a way around a, a new perspective. I mean, that's just a deal. Maybe it's time for you to quit. Maybe maybe that's what's happening. Sometimes it happens. Maybe, you know, it might be like, you know, coal or, 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 or any other element that loses its uh, use or it's no longer necessary. And, you know, you adapt to the new thing. Maybe it, that's a way to look at it. Or you move on to another gig. But bottom line is, and I'll say it again, is that no one's telling you you can't say things or do things. It's just that it's going to be received a certain way by certain people, and you're going to have to shoulder that. And if you are isolated or marginalized or pushed into a corner because of your point of view or what you have to say, yet you still have a a crew of people that enjoy it, there you go. Those are your people. Enjoy your people. And I've somehow or another over time, you know, I've really kind of brought together a, an interesting audience. My audience is generally uh, fairly grown-up people. They're, they're usually uh, sensitive, creative people. Uh, they're people that understand my mindset, maybe a little self-involved, maybe a little aggravated, maybe a little existentially um, despairing sometimes. I, I can't generalize. I know it's not a, a demographic. It's more of a disposition. But the one thing I know is that there are no people out there who are going to cause me problems. There are no people that misunderstand where I'm coming from. There are no meatheads or the free thinking crowd or the the drunky kind of, you know, where's the pussy jokes. And look, I, I've in my career done plenty of sex jokes, plenty of uh, dick oriented material, vagina oriented material, gender oriented material. I've done I've done all the material. It's just now I've leveled off into being a little more vulnerable, a little more concerned, a little more reflective, a little older. And that's the kind of conversation I want to have. I'd kind of like to have an adult conversation and not some sort of like a strange man-child, adolescent, aggravated, angry, entitled conversation. I'm just a fucking grown-up. What can I tell you? And I'm a grown-up without children, which honestly... That worked out for the best, I think, for everybody. On the other side of the uh, the thing, I'm getting a lot of these questions about the controversy. What is really controversial? You know, what what is manufactured and what isn't? This controversy over... Look, I don't know. Look, I did one scene in the fucking Joker movie, and I did pretty good in it. And, you know, I know there's a, a, a swirl of questions or whatever you want to call it, some sort of cultural, psychic whirlwind around you know the timing of the movie the nature of the movie and whether this is the right time for a movie about a guy who's you know mentally troubled and you know create you know and snaps all that shit you know i understand but shouldn't the focus be on 
maybe healthcare, mental health treatment in you know on a national level? Shouldn't the focus be on you know gun issues? I understand progressives and and people who are are fighting and working hard to uh, create policy that'll benefit all people in the in in terms of healthcare and so and also in terms of guns. And it's frustrating because there's a lot of obstacles right now because there's a sort of nihilistic crew of apocalyptic morons in charge on on all levels with different variations of apocalyptic from religious to just, you know, fuck you, fuck me, fuck it all. And I know that that anger doesn't always have a place to land, but it can't land on on movies. I mean, if anything, the media sort of debate of it is trying to provoke something awful happening. But, you know, movies don't cause this. And and I don't see how blaming movies, you know, is going to help anything. I do not think that movies uh, are to blame for um, mentally unstable people taking action in a criminal, violent way. All right. So Danny DeVito is here, who I love. Who doesn't love Danny DeVito? How can you not love the guy? Uh, The 14th season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is now airing on FX. New episodes air Wednesday nights. And he's also in Jumanji, The Next Level, which will be in theaters this December, directed by another guest we've had, uh, Mr. Uh, Jake Kasdan. Okay, so this is enjoy Danny. He's very enjoyable. I was doing a play, doing the Sunshine Boys at the Savoy Theater, which was really great. It's funny, it was great, right? Fucking funny play. I mean, it's like really great. And I was working with Richard Griffiths from uh, uh, With Nail and I. And oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a staple, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. really wonderful actor. One of was the he able to do tre- the, the Yelling Jew thing? He did He did a great job. He did a great <laughs> job. It was really great. And uh, But what I was getting at was that we had... We did it at the Savoy Theater, yeah, which is um, built on what they call the embankment. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, like, when you walk in the theater, if you're going into the theater yeah. and buy your tickets, right. you go into the gods. Yeah. Like, in other words, that they call the gods the top, top, yeah, top yeah, seats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah. the stage is built way the fuck down on the- on a, Right, on the like bottom. Like in a bowl. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. So- Basically, what it was was 70 steps from the stage (laughs) door to the fucking stage. 70 steps. Yeah. And that did you in? Well, we did eight shows a week, man. So- I mean, you figure it out. You want to stay down in the bottom there all all during the fucking break between the matinee and and the thing? Yeah. You know? Yeah, you got to so go up. You got to go up. Yeah. So you go up is okay. <laughs> You're walking up is okay. But, right. when, but what you find as you get a little older, your yeah. knees start getting a little dodgy, sketchy, whatever. Oh, it is. shit. Is that what so, I have to look forward to? Yeah, you get to look. It's going to be great, man. It's fucking great. But, go, but the secret, listen to me, the yeah. secret is backwards. Right. Yeah. Backwards. You go down backwards. backwards. You hold on to anything you can, yeah. a wall, a railing, or whatever, and you go down backwards and carefully, you... and you have no, no fucking problem. So you, you're going to do that after this? I'm going to go. I'm leaving your place going down backwards. I'm a little disappointed I'm not in the garage, by the way. Go fuck I, yourself. I'm, I'm sorry. That gar- okay. First of all, the mythic garage doesn't exist anymore. That doesn't anymore. exist. I figured But that. the new garage so is beautiful. It's just not, it's not ready yet. It's like a weird thing. It, no, I know, but it, you know, if we would have done it a few years ago, yeah, well, I mean, was that my fault? Yeah. How was it my fault? 
What do you do mean? You, I mean, you were I don't, doing it. I know. I was. So I was you, around. What the fuck? I talked to. You I never t- asked me to do it. You I never. never no. I talked to McElhaney. Bullshit. All right. I, I have a feeling that maybe, maybe we. I don't think so. Well, it's nice to see you. It was nice to see you. <laughs> so what is this? The nineteenth season? Fourteen. It was so fucking crazy, right? Fourteen seasons. I remember the. I can remember the day. Yeah. The guy says to me, "I'm not going to say who." Says, Danny, what are you talking about? Do you're going to do this show? Yeah. You, you're 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 an actor. Was on an iconic show on television, Taxi. Yeah. Now you're going to do this show. This show. Yeah. It's like a blip on the radar. It's nothing. It's nothing. It was more fun than you could ever imagine. I mean, it looks I've been fun. So much fun on this show. It looks fun. I mean, yeah, and they're all nuts, and it's lovely, and I love them, and they're crazy, and it's just uh, you know I don't like getting up in the morning. It's the only thing about it. I don't like. I would like if in general, could, in general, but if you could move the time when i yeah. had to be there we only do it 12 weeks right a year right so i'm like three months I'm, I'm my mother would say you're crying with a loaf of bread under your arm yeah you know what i mean <laughs> it was like you know it's really cool it's good don't get me wrong uh, i just don't like getting up at six o'clock in the morning yeah. getting in the car yeah and going to makeup and sitting in makeup and hair which i don't need makeup and hair except that i don't dye my hair usually yeah, as black as they right. want it for yeah. Frank. Yeah, so I, but I do so. So I get pampered. It's yeah. like really nice. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I'm I love sure. it. They don't make you walk down. I just don't like no, no fucking stairs. <laughs> That's in the contract. It's yeah. in the waiver. No, from here no on out, stairs. no stairs. No, or I will be carried up and down. Up, okay. Yeah, I down, walk no up. Good. Down, I may be carried. <laughs> <laughs> or backwards. I did a play once where the door opens and this guy standing there with me in his arms. Yeah. What and play I'm was like, that? It was called Shoot Anything with Hair That Moves. When was it this? It was done in 1960-something, like eight, down in the, in the village. It was off-Broadway. 68. Yeah, something like that. 60, yeah. 68, 69. Was that like the, the beginning of you, it was like in the early days. Yeah. Well, the beginning was in the, like the, the early 60s yeah. when I... That was when I started. But the the 68 play, door opens, is a big guy there yeah. with me in his arms. Yeah. I'm selling pot, right? Yeah, that's yeah. my thing. I'm, right. I'm a pot. I'm selling pot to these girls in this apartment that's up on the third or fourth floor. Right. So I come in, I have, they sit me down, I show them what I got, I show them the this, I got the that, I got the different kinds of yeah. pot. They buy the pot, we smoke a little pot, right. we say goodbye, I can take money exchange. Yeah. The guy picks me up, takes yeah. me out. Of the thing, and one girl says to the other one, says, Frank is such a nice guy. It's too bad he can't walk. And the girl says, oh, he can walk. Thank God he doesn't have to. <laughs> Big laugh. Big laugh. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question. It's a weird thing. When I was in college, it's a strange thing that I remember. I went to school in Milton, Massachusetts, outside mm-hmm. of Boston. We drove into Boston. This is 1981. Me and this guy, Rene Fouquier, who was a, a, a roommate of mine, a British guy. Right. We drove in. We went to the Bull and Finch. It's a bar, right, that Cheers was That's based the, on. Yeah, the base. Okay. The, yeah. Well, for some reason, you and your wife oh, were, were there. Like, and I don't know why oh, you were there. Okay. But you must have must well, been the, the only night you were there. Okay. And it probably was. When, well, before, it, it, when did... Eighty-two. Okay, so it was the you were scouting out, out, checking out, it out. What the hell is it? What is this what job? What the fuck you just is took? this? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you talked to my friend for a long time. Oh, good. And I just sat there and looked at you, and I'm like, okay. "That's Martini." <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
martini. That's martini. It's martini. It's that little martini. And also, there's another connection is that uh, my my people are from Jersey, many of them yeah. from Asbury Park. Yeah. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Asbury's the greatest. Well, well, you seem like a Jersey guy. I love Jersey. Jersey's do, the best. Do you go back there still? I go back there. Yeah. I got a place in... Uh, uh, my mother passed away uh, two few years ago. Oh, she lasted a long time. Yeah, she she passed away. A few, my sister's sorry, I hear that. How died old was a couple she? years ago. Oh, uh, sorry. You know, but, uh, it's long. Anyway. Yeah, all right. Uh, so I had a house there that they all lived in, in Interlaken, which is right next door to Asbury. It's across, across the lake. Yeah. Asbury High School's over here, and then there's the lake, Interlaken, and right there's a ma- there's Allenhurst, Manasquan. I'm no Allenhurst, Deal, ba 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 Deal, where the big houses were. And when I was a kid, we'd go to Deal, and they used to say, this is Al, Al Capone had a house here. All the gangsters Probably. had houses. They were big houses. And now it's all Persian Jews, I think. Beautiful big houses yeah. on the beach, yeah. and like all nice. Yeah, We have a house in this very, uh, my... Uh, my mom lived in. Yeah. I sold the house. My I had another house. That my nieces, my niece and her husband live in now, and it's close by. But I don't get down there as much. Although I did go down a few years ago when they 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 said they were going to give me uh, an honor, like yeah. you know, to, to, and it was a festival, film fe- film festival. They do a thing in the summer. It's really fun, and a lot of people go. It's beautiful. The, the shore is the greatest. It's the it's the most beautiful place in the world. I love it so much, and I love the Atlantic Ocean and blah. You do, but yeah, yeah. So it's, it's it's different. You know, it is sure different. It is. Yeah, my parents met in Asbury Park. Yeah, and so I went down because they gave me. They said to me, Dan, you come down on this night. They were going to give me a bench yeah. <laughs> on the and i said i don't know if, you know i don't want to i don't know a bench you could be like, there for the bench you know i don't want to be you could name me a, or give me a street yeah street's good you know a bench and though. then uh i said uh, not the bench you know yeah. and uh they said we'll give you a plaque i don't want a plaque and that's fucked up man yeah, i don't yeah, want yeah. so they said i said what else you want i said oh, give me a, give me a beach yeah <laughs> i'll take the second avenue beach we'll call it danny devito beach Right, yeah, and it was going on, going on, going on, really good. Yeah, Yeah. and then they last minute, yeah, no beach. Okay, I'm going to the thing now. It doesn't matter. I'm going to the thing. Yeah. Anyway, and then they called me up and they said, "We'll give you Danny DeVito Day." (laughs) So I took that. So November seventeenth. It's Danny DeVito Day down the beach, <laughs> down the shore. So if you go down there, what you happens fire on one that up. Day? You just do an. I said whatever you want to do that makes you feel good. Yeah, do it on that day as long as you're not hurting anybody. Now, do you like? Uh, do you have a? Do you know Bruce Springsteen? I know Bruce. I met him in the '80s. I didn't meet him down there. No, no. But but do uh, you share stories? Yeah. Well, we we. We've haunted the same places, right. you know. We go, like I, I lived, I was down the boardwalk every day. Yeah. So when I was a kid, I remember the boats. From, didn't they have the boat ride? Well, that was on, on yeah, on Wesley Lake. They had the little boat ride and the Swan and yeah. the, all that shit. And then they had the merry-go-round, which was beautiful. And the casino building Cas- and the casino was like a ama- that's right. the, what's where the merry-go-round was. Yeah. And then the convention hall was where Paramount Theater is. Right. Down the other end. Yeah. Now the 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 merry-go-round is a very funny kind of story. Is like because they. They fucked it up in those days. They screwed the shore big time. All the politicians and all the developers yeah. and whatever they were doing stuff. Back in the day. Yeah, they were pulling shit out. They were pulling stuff oh, out oh, right, all right. big yeah, time. Yeah. Gangsters like, too, probably? Somebody, who the hell knows. Like, the first thing that happened was uh, Walter Reed had two big theaters there. Yeah. Um, the Mayfair of St. James, and they, he, they wanted him to... He needed them to lower their taxes because... 
it, it, what was happening was in the in the milieu of the whole thing, shopping centers were coming into play, yeah. like close by, right in the right outskirts of and no, of people the weren't shopping. Yeah. They weren't shopping downtown anymore. Yeah. They're going to these shopping centers. Why? Because you didn't have to. There were no parking meters. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. So downtown was all parking meters. You get a ticket, blah blah blah. Yeah. You know why go? You're going to go to Wool, Woolworths, yeah. or you're going to go to Liggett's Drugstore, yeah. and get a parking ticket. Yeah. You, you drive a couple miles out into the circle. It's you got beautiful, parking. and you got parking. Yeah. And you got all these stores. So that started happening. Walter <laughs> Reed says, "I want to lower my taxes." The theater guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They wouldn't do it. He they, he tore down these two movie. I hate the guy for doing it, but. I also hate the people who made him do it. Uh, and it's all, you know, The movie palaces, old style. Yeah. Mayfair and the St. James, they tore them down, made them parking lots. Um, uh, unbelievably, pat, uh, like a, a knife in your heart oh, when that happened. So you, uh, and then that was like, that was the early days. We, You knew things were happening. There were a lot of race riots. But you remember going there when you were a kid, those theaters? The every, every week. Because you grew up there from childhood, Asbury Park. 1944. I was a baby. Yeah. And uh, as soon as I could go to the movie theaters, they, those took, the they ones? took me to those ones. And what did, you, what did your folks do? My father had a candy store on Springwood Avenue. Like, so, uh, like hot dogs and, and sodas. Head creams? Whatever. Yeah, yeah, like a counter? Have Notions. a counter? Notions. A little counter? He'd go to the, he'd drive, he'd, 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 <laughs> this is funny. He'd go up to New York on yeah. a bus. Yeah. Go go buy uh, things like wallets and yeah. this and that. On um, 14th and Street. Put, and, put it, and put it all in yeah. his... He called them notions. He'd come with a box, like, yeah. come down, come back down, and we'd yeah. open it up, and he'd have all these, like, little cufflinks. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cheap stuff and made it look good. Yeah, made it look good. He had a, he had a, he had a pinball machine in there. and uh, Was it a hangout? It wasn't really a hangout. No, I don't remember. pinball requires See, hanging young, out. Yeah. I was too young to really experience that right. place. Yeah. I was more, put me up on a- on a stool, yeah. give me an ice cream cone age. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then yeah. if I was playing the pinball machine, I barely could see over the, right. so they put the box there and I'd get up on the, yeah. you know, to play the pinball machine. It was like really a cool place. My 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 grandfather was a tailor. Yeah. He had, he came from Italy, came right down to the shore. Yeah, yeah. They, a lot of them ended they up there. They the shore. Yeah, they got off the boat. Got off the, the boat, boat. Got off the boat, went right down yeah, the shore. My yeah. mother was born down there. So he came in the 1800s. Did you know him? I didn't know him. Hmm. No. He was a, uh, his name was Lodovico, and he was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen pictures of him. I know. Did I, you ever Did you ever do that uh, that genealogy no. show? No, I haven't done it. You should do it. Yeah, why not? I'll tell the guy. Fuck. <laughs> Find out what the fuck's going on. Yeah, you get pictures I mean, of holy everything. Holy shit. <laughs> Scared the shit out of me. Would you? I oh, don't know. No, I do. You know how I far want to back. find out things. What it's a, I want to turn over rocks, man. Wait, I want to find out shit. What, where, how, where does it come from? Sicily? What part? No, 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 no. Uh, Senfele, which is a, it's a, it's above uh, Naples, above Sorrento. There in the middle, you go up the mountains. Yeah, it's mountain. It's as high as it goes, and it's a little place you can look it up. It's called San F E L E, mm. and it's a little medieval town, like just. Plopped in the middle. That's where one of my grandparents is from. Another one is from Potenza, which is a big city, yeah. which is a little farther down. Yeah. It's nearby. Yeah. And then there's Calabria. Yeah. So I got a little Calabrese in me. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what they say. 
Is that good? Yeah, it's good. It's all good. It's so you're Italian. all Italian. All Italian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just hoping for Vikings because I'm a Jew. It's all Jew. But yeah. you know, some of the Vikings came down and did what they did in the Poland. Vikings. Yeah. So I was hoping just well, a little, you know the Vikings, little bit of Viking. No well, you Viking. Know, you know the Vikings yeah. invaded uh, Sicily. Sure. That's yeah. why you got all, you know, there's all kinds of mixtures down there. You got, yeah. You know, the Moors, the yep. Vikings, the the the, the, yeah. the the all over the place. And Italy is like my, like I have a daughter, Gracie, who's got green eyes and like brownish light hair. How'd that and, happen? Yeah, it's my, my grandma. I remember one grandparent and Gracie looks exactly like my wild? father's mother. Is Rhea is Jewish? Rhea's Jewish. Her dad was born in Poland. Yeah. Your mother's fr- family's from Minsk. Oh, yeah. That's you know, it's standard, all standard Ashkenaz. stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Grandmother came over here when she was 16. Right. Alone. Yeah. Guess where she went? The beach. Long Branch. <laughs> They love the beach. They love That's Jersey right. Shore. Yeah. Man, what the fuck? All you those know? Jews down Just there. Right, yeah. go right to the shore. Get good vegetables, clams. Oh, man. God, clams. My, my father never shuffed up about steamers. Got to oh, get man. the steamers. Get the steamers. Yeah. We used to go out. We'd get a, like when we were kids, we'd yeah. get a boat. It costs you like 70 cents, 50 cents. You get a boat, an old fucking rowboat that just barely was floating. Yeah. Right? You go and you get your bathing suit on yeah. and you get a hook. Yeah. And you... <laughs> You go with your pals, and you go out to the mud flats in in Shark River, yeah, and get on the mud flats, pull the boat up, right, yeah, dig for clams, yeah, fill that thing with cherry stone clams, yeah, not the little steamers, right, with the, mid with the piss clams, yeah, the mid size, yeah, right, stick them in the boat. Now you got a whole boatload of clams, like really, and then you get in the water and you swim it. Yeah, back Pulling to the, the dock. Yeah, right. Yeah, on in the river. Yeah. it's not a, it's not dangerous. Right. You got bags, burlap bags. Yeah, and you stuff the clams in these burlap bags. And I mean, you get like two, three. I don't know, maybe four bags. Yeah, big burlap bags yeah. full of clams. Yeah, and you hook them on the top, on the bottom of the dock. Yeah, right with yeah. a hanger. Right, and it's called floating them. Yeah. So they'd stay there overnight in the bags. Yeah. And they stay alive and they stay open. Yeah. And all the sand would come out. Ah. Okay? Yeah. And then you take them from there, you put them in, you could sell them to the local guy or you bring some to each person's family. What do they do? Make chowder? They make everything. Sauce? They open them up. Yeah, sure. Chop them them up. Spaghetti and clam sauce. Or you eat them raw. Eat them raw. The cher- like, yeah, cherry okay. stones. Yeah. Amazing. Chewy. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful clam. Yeah. Mm. Good. Yeah. Make yeah. me hungry. <laughs> Go so, for a little, you know, whoosh, you know, a little bit of horseradish. Yeah. You know, some mus- so good. Yeah. Makes it- Jersey had good produce, too. Always good. Yeah. Apples, tomatoes. Tomatoes. Moonshine. Yeah. yeah Moonshine, yeah. really? What? Yeah. You knew a guy? I knew a guy. Yeah. <laughs> Always know a guy. <laughs> It's always a guy in Jersey. Yeah, there you is. know what I mean. Or but, wherever. But the amazing thing about Jersey to me is like there was a period there where you could get like pretty great Italian food like anywhere. Yeah, like you just drive there. Everyone's got a place. Let's go to Joe's. Where yeah. the hell's Joe's? It's over yeah. at the thing. All right. right, and it's the greatest. My brother-in-law had a pizza parlor. His father had a pizza parlor yeah. in in Long Branch, Freddy's. Yeah, 
You couldn't go by there without stopping. The best. You would hunt. You were full. Yeah. And you'd go. You'd stop and get a pizza. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. like so good. It feels like all that stuff is gone. It's gone. Yeah. It's a lot Florida, of Florida, kind of. A lot of it's gone. Yeah. You didn't get it up. You know, you don't have a place in Florida, do you? No. Okay. No, <laughs> I don't. Not your thing. Not my thing. I had a place in Florida. You did. I, I had a. I for a very short period of time, I had a restaurant in Florida. Like Danny DeVito's. I put my name on it. And then it turned into like something that was not, like you know, not very good. Not on the term. level. Not on the level. <laughs> and I found out about it, and I got away from it. Was, it wasn't a food problem. No, it, it wasn't a food problem. It was a people problem. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, but I was not. I was not there all the time. You know? What is it with uh, with you uh, celebrity fellas? I don't know. With the restaurants. I don't know what the hell's was, a big deal. No, but why? That, it's not, a, it's uh, not an easy business. Is it a- No, like I a, didn't. I, I did I did it as a kind of novelty. No. I didn't have to invest any money. I right. gave oh, my okay. name. Yeah. I went down. It was beautiful. They tricked it all out. It was a gorgeous yeah. place. Food good? Went a few times. I brought McElhaney and those guys yeah. down there. And, to DeVito's? And, to DeVito's. It was good. <laughs> the, they, they'll tell you all about it. Yeah. You know, it was like kind of, you know, it's a little sketchy. And then- <laughs> It was South Beach, you know, it was like, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. and then, um, you know, it didn't last, it lasted like a few years, I can't remember. And, uh, you know, it, it, the only thing it cost me was a little bit of, uh, like, uh, going down there and and once in a while, you know, being yeah. like, uh, what do you call it, like, passed around a little bit, you know. <laughs> yeah. I was like one of the hors d'oeuvres. Right, right. So yeah, that yeah, was yeah. it. Here he is. Yeah, here he is, Danny. Yeah. He's like, hey, Danny. You know, Danny's uh, here. Good. Yeah. But you didn't, you didn't have to go to court or anything. No, no, it was <laughs> nothing like that. Good. No. So when does it? You got how many siblings do you have? I have two sisters who pet. No, I'm not. No. There, there's nobody around now. It's like really a tragic thing. You hate it when they die. It's really awful. It's yeah. like really sad. My sisters were like sixteen and ten years older than me. Uh-huh. So. My oldest sister, Angie, was my real, like, she was like my mom almost. Right. And uh, she was, um, and my mother was like an amazing woman. Uh, it's just uh, that Angie took over a lot because my mother had me when she was in her mid-40s. Uh-huh. And uh, so I was the baby. I was the prince. I was yeah. the, you know, the boy. Yeah. They had a couple other kids who passed away during the Depression, you know, huh. during during the early days yeah. with the whooping cough. And, and then they were in the bread line, you know. And years ago, uh, people don't un- don't remember a lot of stuff that happened in our country in the days of the depression where people were really uh, hurting that no yeah. jobs that no that nothing that you know things were really 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 bad cold water flats that kind of thing yeah and if you had kids you know there was no you know the doctor was a thing that you had a f- it was very hard to keep them healthy and two two babies one was uh, in the hospital mm. um uh, a boy um uh, who I always heard about, and one was a, a little girl who was actually uh, a couple of years old who got the whooping cough Ugh. in 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 a cold water flat during the depression. Yeah. Then they they extricated themselves from the. They were there. They were in, in the Brooklyn. City. Yeah. Yeah, because they. My mom lived in Jersey. He married her. It was really like you know, but he wanted to be in the city. He was yes. a, he was a guy from Brooklyn. He was he he did a lot of like he had a pool hall. Your he, old man, my old man, yeah. really you know worked all the time. Yeah, uh, and uh, and went back. But his family was there. Yeah, so he was with his mother and his father. Right, and that kind of thing. Yeah, and then they had some things with the babies that didn't work out then they all came back down to uh, the beach to the beach and they went my grandfather was a tailor he had a little store 
that he had a tailor shop yeah. in. But still, it was hard time. So he went to work for a big department store. He made fine clo- He made clothing like really. Uh, it was On his really own. good stitching. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. then he went to work for a department store, and uh, did the same thing. Tailored. Tailor. He was the clothes. guy they brought out. Like, well, let's get the guy to come out and do the pants. Right. Yeah. But he you. stayed there and did, he did a lot of suits. So my, the store was empty. Right. My father was enterprising. What he did was he took it over and put a, <laughs> a candy, a candy store in there. <laughs> get it? And, and, uh, it and get, my own, my grandfather owned this little building. Yeah. Right. In, yeah. in a, downtown. In a, in a, on Springwood Avenue. And it was like, um, it was the, the, the normal thing where the. Was that the big street? That was one of the streets. Asbury Avenue was a big street. Cookman Avenue, that was more mainstream. Yeah. Springwood Avenue was a little bit farther. Which one was the dirty street with all the dirty business on it? Hookers uh, and whatnot. I don't know. I mean, there was hookers everywhere. <laughs> I'm not, I don't, you know, I mean, it's like a business, <laughs> yeah, you know, they yeah, were, they sure. were, yeah. everybody's trying to make ends meet some <laughs> yeah, way. At that time. You know, I mean, there's a lot of, it's a lot of difficulty out there. People are suffering. Yeah. People are starving. Yeah. And in those days, you know, the, you know, this was like, you know, I guess it was before uh, FDR and all. Well, it was around that time. I had a couple of cous- uncles who worked for the park system. Yeah. You know, and that, yeah. that was because of that. Yeah, it was yeah, a I'm big sure. deal. It was all, you know, the get, new deal. Getting, the, the new, new deal. deal. Yeah. The new deal. Yeah. Yeah, bringing people out of the uh, out of the poverty level. Yeah. So you had the two sisters, when they, and the one was a, a, sort of a surrogate mom. Yeah, and they, yeah. she was the one who had the beauty policy. Mm. My Uncle John, who was a hairdresser, yeah. she worked for him. This is your mother's brother or your father's brother? This is like a Uncle John that you call oh, an Uncle okay. John right. who's because his wife is best friends with your mother. Right, yeah, Uncle John. So Uncle yeah. John was my, uh, you know, and he took care of Angie in a big way. My sister Angie, yeah. who needed a job, yeah, and she went to work for him yeah. in the beauty parlor. Right. She went and got her license and the oh, whole deal and right. blah, blah, blah. And then Angie, Uncle John was getting old and he was into like finger waves, you know, like he had like the real old clientele uh-huh. from the Jersey Shore. Right. And they did all these like, you know, uh, finger kind waves. of like, yeah, in the thirties. Like you the flapper? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Really watch him. I watched him work once, yeah, yeah. when I was a kid. Right. You see, it's a grat tail comb, you know, and you do yeah. the, like the things like, right. And it's like, it comes out like, yeah. Really, like a, really beautiful. It's like sure. a little work of art. Yeah. Anyway, my sister worked for him, and then and I was doing things like gardening. Yeah. Work for a gardener, Giacomo De Sarno. Yeah. Really great guy. Yeah. Yeah. Got Giacomo. His, had his. He had his. Uh, you know, like he was a, a college graduate. He had his. He had a. You know, I don't know if he had a master's or what he had, yeah. but he was like a real smart guy, historian, yeah. guy into history. Yeah. Couldn't get a job. No. No. So. He was a gardener. He had a real nice <laughs> truck, and he was a real nice guy, and he was smart. You learned he, some stuff. And I, I learned some stuff. I worked with him. <laughs> I was doing that every year. Like pulling like, weeds and learning about history. Learning about <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> and when does, uh, when does the, the desire to act that How doesn't that? come for a while. So you're gardening. What other odd jobs? Okay, so my sister got yeah, me. Yeah, Angie. Angie says uh, one day, uh, why don't you come to work? So she goes from Uncle Johnny's. Yeah. And she opens up this place. A beauty parlor. Oh, man. Yeah. On, on Asbury Avenue. So she says to me one day, what are you doing? I mean, I, you know, I wasn't going to go to college. I was just gardening. Like, I'm gardening. 
I just graduated high school. Yeah. You know, but I got a good job. Right. Like, and in the winter, what are you going to do? Well, I, I'm, I, you know, I do, we shovel the snow. <laughs> that was the, the business changes. The business changes, man. <laughs> what do you do? You rake leaves, you burn leaves, you shovel snow. And in the, in the, in the, in the, when the flowers are coming, do the beds, do the thing, da, 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 snip around the who's what's, and you know, you know, you got a nice garden. And if you get three or four houses in a row, you don't have to move the truck. Yeah. Right? You're right. Her pitch is you become a hairdresser. Yeah. I said, what? She says, you go, I send you, she sends me to school. Yeah. Which is right down in Asbury. Yeah. And I say, Ange, come on, man. I mean- yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. I I work with my hands. You, yeah, <laughs> that's what you got to do. You work with your hands. It's the same thing. Yeah, uh, okay. So long story short, she sends me to this thing. I prepare you, all you all go, summer. You go to school to learn that all a summer. I I'm I'm. Uh, if you can imagine this, I'm like always on my bicycle, always on my friends, yeah. always down the boardwalk, always bird dogging. Yeah, women always trying to get like you know this is a Jersey guy. Yeah, we're down at the you know this is like what we do. <laughs> yeah. You know, you hang out, you go to the pizza parlor. It's still happening. It's always that way. It's, <laughs> it's the e- life. It's, it's the eternal. life. Yeah, you know, it's it's and so now I'm I'm going to dances, going to things. I'm like a young man. I got a I got drive a car. I got a little ship box. I got a I'm working as a gardener, and she's got me a doing hair to my gr- my mother, my aunts, my cousins, anybody she can get to sit in the thing. She buys me all the stuff. Yeah. And uh you know, I started doing it. Yeah. You were cutting hair? I I didn't start cutting hair. They didn't trust me with the scissors right away. Right. <laughs> but but eventually, yeah. Really? Yeah. Eventually I did it all and then I went to school. So she sent me to this place. She said, "Beauty school, yeah, uh-huh. Wilfred Academy." Uh huh. So you went the whole. You went. I went, and you learned how to cut hair, for real. Yeah, you learn a lot of things. You learn how to do pin curls, rollers, combing out. What about things, men's doing, hair? Men's hair. No, too? I didn't do men. Okay. So I know she know it's a beauty parlor. Angie's Angie's beauty salon. Now I'm going this thing. She get me the the smock, the the bag with yeah. all the shit in it. Yeah, everything. I've been working in the summer, learning how, getting a little head start. Yeah, I know I got to go up. I'm a little nervous. Going to go up to this place in Wilford County. It's up there on Cookman Avenue. Yeah, I walk up the stairs, <laughs> open the doors, I look inside. Yeah, there's thirty five girls in there. Yeah. Okay, so you're like, all right, pretty good. <laughs> so I thank my sister. She was really <laughs> instrumental in teaching me a lot of things, and I never forget her for that. And she was a beauty, and she died a few years ago. She's a gorgeous. She was great. She was the best. She was like one of the you know the rare, you know, one of these rare mentors. Like yeah. that was like really great. How long did she keep the the shop? She kept the shop for quite a while. I worked there for about two or three years, and then I. I left. I went uh, to New York, and I went to school in a kind of an odd way. How'd you tell her you were leaving? I, I mean, just told her I was going. It's really? cool. She, we were all cool. About you think you like could that. still do hair? Or? I could probably still. You can't do. You know, I mean, uh, styles are different. But you think you could, like, if you were? Yeah, like, I probably could do it. Like at gunpoint, you know. Oh, I wouldn't need to be gunpoint. Yeah. No, no. I yeah. like doing it. I, yeah. I think it's a really cool thing. Yeah. Yeah, I used to cut my. No, kid. I just mean like, like if you had to really. <sighs> 
you know, you, you mean go be, back to work? No, no, I mean just. I do of, that. Like, could you do a style ahead of a hair? You could yeah, do oh, okay. I could do it. That's good. I have no problem. It's, with not, that. it's like riding a bike, right? It is kind of like, like riding a bike. So you go to New York. I go to New York, and I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, but that's another story. One thing leads to another, and you never know what's going to happen around Who was your guy at the Academy of uh, Dramatic Arts? Uh, there was a guy, uh, Mr. Barrett was this guy. I called him Mr. Barrett. He was the guy who, who taught acting styles, and, and he talked, talked you know, about um, people that I never heard of, like Stanislavski. Yeah. And, you know, and, and introduced me to playwrights that I'd never read. I never, I never saw a play. I saw what one, compelled you to do it then? I mean, like what? Well, like, I I got up. You know, I I well, there was a the machinations of getting there was the whole thing. Angie telling me to go to New York to be to try to learn how to do makeup, and we were going to open up a makeup stand oh. in the in the place. I went to this place for or kind of convoluted reasons. Yeah. Anyway, once I got there and had to enroll in the, I enrolled in the night school. And once at I, the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, mm-hmm. and then once I got up, it's almost like as a stand-up guy. I've yeah. never done stand-up, and it's got to be the most exhilarating thing in the world once you get up yeah. and do it, right? Uh, because I know that that's what happened to me. Once I got up, you know, after to do sitting a scene? in mm, to do a scene, mm. and I was in there with the classmates and whatever, yeah. Once I got up and I started connecting the things and starting to feel like I was, I had something under my feet yeah, and knew what I was doing yeah, uh, and could do more than one thing at the same time. Yeah. Like think about the thing that you're up there and then you're trying to figure out what the character's wanting and yeah. doing. And then all of a sudden the fact that maybe some things click Right. And you feel like there's a response because that's part of it too. The audience is a yeah. big part of it too. Right. Then that thing happens. It happened to you, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, where you, you right. go, holy right. shit. Yeah. It's like this. You go down to shore, it's a real, real hot day. Yeah. You're looking at the Atlantic Ocean and you start walking in and your feet immediately get frozen and you go oh and then it's better and you go to your ankles and then it's better and go to your knees right and then your thighs a little bit yeah and then your balls yeah and then you jump in yeah (laughs) (laughs) you stay in for a minute and you're like once you're no you're going yeah yeah yeah. you're okay out there yeah swim out there and that was the feeling i think so yeah and so if i remember correctly it was like i got hooked on myself yeah. Yeah. And and you told your sister, like, no makeup. Can and I came back and I said, Ange, boy, this is really interesting. You know, you're reading Of Mice and Men? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was it. She was she was happy for you? Oh, yeah. You got her blessing? Always got my blessings from my sisters and my family. So how do you start working thing. in the biz over there in the New York? You just start doing shows where you're a pot dealer who's carried by well, a man? Well, you do. No, you start other ways. You go, you know, like, oh, it, it's not, that was the big time. Oh. The- <laughs> <laughs> that was a paying you're job. You're making it. You know, you're yeah. making it then. No, yeah. I was doing like, you know, I did like um, what they call summer stock, which is like I took, I got a play. Early 60s? Yeah. Early 60s, good speed opera yeah. house. Uh, Dennis Playhouse, mm-hmm. in, Children's Theater. On the Cape? Children's Theater. In Dennis, yeah. uh, Massachusetts? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Played the Wicked Wizard in uh, 
some made up play. Yeah. All for kids. Really great. And you got an agent that's booking you on this? No, stuff? no, no, no. I didn't have an agent. What did you just look it I up in the paper? Yeah. Uh, backstage show business those papers we used to look at it go you go on open calls and stuff like that but you're doing children's theater yeah yeah. and you wind up getting you know getting called for something yeah and you you know it's a job it's a job it's a job you get was it all comedy was it mostly comedy yeah why were you being typecast funny it was all comedy yeah i don't think it was very tragic no it was really straight for what for the kids children's theaters generally everything was like you know yeah. Over here. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Yeah. yeah it was all fun. I'm, I got a cape in one show, The yeah. Wicked Wizard. Yeah. Come on, scare the shit out of everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, you know, it had it had a lot to do with your, you know, I guess, you know, when you say top casting, I, I don't know if anybody knew. The only thing you get, you have is you. Yeah. So you're, what do you think the type is? Yeah. Who's hiring you? Right. Like, yeah. Uh, you think I'm a certain type? Yeah. Great. You gonna pay me? <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> you go do it. What um, was the first serious role? Now, that's a tough question, man. I, like, have you been serious? Have you ever been serious? How do you mean? Give me one. Oddly, you know, like I, I can remember the movies, but I'm saying that like if you were like uh, when you were younger, was there a play where you had to sort of like there was a weight to it? You know, it wasn't just sort of like, hey, look at this. We're connecting. We're getting um, laughs where you're sort of like, holy shit. Like, I mean, like I did small parts and things like I did um, uh, clerk in a in a Pirandello play. Mm. That was a serious play. Yeah. I don't think I did anything that was like, you know. Uh, the fucking pawnbroker or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you get like how how does um like the first movie happen? Well, like for instance, I was doing an off Broadway play, right? The one where you carried the popular? no, no. One? This one was called The Shrinking Bride. Yeah, this was at uh, the Mercury Theater. It was on Thirteenth and Third Street, and a guy from NYU came to see it. And he recommended me to a guy who was doing his thesis. Yeah. A film student. Sure. And I did a movie. It was my first movie. Is it around? Yeah. It's called Hot Dogs for Gauguin. (laughs) It's laughing. Fucking funny. That's why. Of course it's funny. (laughs) I'm glad you got it. Is it online? What do I look like? I don't know. What the fuck am I? It's not even on your credits. Want to look? No, I mean, hot dogs for Gauguin. I don't know. I mean, I- That's the one you should see. (laughs) Out of all of them. Yeah. That that was probably my best work. Oh, my God. (laughs) Without a doubt. NYU? Are you kidding me? It's a great school. (laughs) (laughs) What was the part? It was the part of a photographer who was trying to take- he was down and out photography, had no dough, he lived in a little apartment, but he, he heard about yeah. a guy who took the picture of the Hindenburg blowing up. Uh-huh. He happened to be there. Right. When the fucking Hindenburg was just about to hit the mooring station. Yeah. And- And he knew that guy. Yeah. No, he heard about him, and yeah. he knew the guy became famous right. because he was right there to take the picture. Yeah. So all I have to do is take a picture. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I can't wait for the fucking another Hindenburg. Ah. Gotta make so, something happen. Yeah. Uh, well, 
now. Should I tell you? Well, no, I don't spoil it. I'm not going to ruin it. <laughs> I'm not going to say another word. You <laughs> go try to find hot dogs for Gauguin if you want to know what happens. There you go. But uh, how do you get Cuckoo's Nest? I, 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 love I did that one. Cuckoo's Nest off Broadway uh, at the Mercer Arts Center for almost a year. I Was played Kirk Douglas. No, oh. he did it in 1964 on um, Broadway. He played McMurphy. Yeah, I did it. Uh, there was a what happened with Cuckoo's Nest is it 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 was um, way ahead of its time when Dale Wasserman wrote that play that Kirk actually commissioned. He did the play on Kesey Broadway. wasn't happy. Nobody nobody was happy. It didn't do <laughs> it didn't do well. Yeah, nobody went to see it. Right, Kesey couldn't have been happy at any for anything anyway. I yeah. don't think. Yeah. Anyway, what happened was uh, Kirk tried to get the, the movie made. He couldn't get it made. With him. With him. All of a sudden, in San Francisco area, these two guys, Rudy Golan and Jay Sankiewicz, put the play on, the play, yeah. the, the same play. Yeah. And they did. They were successful, And but that was in the, it was like in 1970. Yeah. Because at that time- People started catching up to Kesey. Right. Sure. Okay? Yeah. And now everybody was reading his book, and they were looking at what was going on with the with mental health, yeah. and how they were throwing everybody out of the hospitals, yeah. and uh, it was all about pills every week in a, in right. a doctor's office. Yeah. And the total Lobotomies. Shit, lobotomies, and the total shit hit the fan, and, and the play was successful in San Francisco. They brought it to New York off-Broadway. Yeah. And I auditioned for the part of Martini with Lee Sankiewicz and, and got it. And, and how'd the I play do? Great. And Bill Devane played McMurphy. Oh, wow. And, uh, and I uh, could see that. Yeah, he was great. And uh, we ran, we were at the Mercer Arts Center and we ran for like almost a I left after, and this is a, an actor who needs work. Right. I left after a year. And I had another job, so I got another job. But the idea is, you know, you know, you get a part. I, I didn't think I'd ever leave a, leave a play, and yeah. I love doing it. I love doing it. Well, Martini was sort Martini of like, was a great character. Yeah, childlike. Yeah. It must have yes. been fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. <laughs> yes. Give me. Yes. Yeah, pencil. Take a pencil. I get a pencil. I get a pencil. <laughs> it's two pencils. You put them back. <laughs> right there, Martini. Right there. Right there. <laughs> He came back. The only thing I'm not doing is sitting on my feet. I should do that. <laughs> and then they just thought of you for the movie because you were the guy. Well, they well they saw it. Milo saw it. But I first auditioned for Hal Ashby. Hal Ashby was going to do it. Really? Yeah. There was a very brief period of time when Hal Ashby was going to do that. He could have done a good job, too. Yeah. yeah. He was a great director. Yeah. And I auditioned for him, and it was like kind of like... I had a friend in the on the inside, Michael Douglas, who I met at the Eugene O'Neill Foundation in Waterford, Connecticut in 1960-something. We were smoking a lot of pot together yeah. and did that whole thing. That's when I was doing my summer stock thing. Oh, he and that's where you 60, met Michael Douglas? 64, 5. What was he doing up there? He was, a, he was actually in school in uh, uh. UCSB, but he was doing a summer program in Connecticut. Ah, and that's so, where you met him. And he's produce, he's championing the he's thing. He's championing the thing, and he was in my corner. Yeah. And then Milos saw, then Milos did his his great um, audition process, which was 
like so amazing. We go to this place, the Harlequin Studios up in midtown Manhattan, and you go upstairs and there's a semicircle of chairs yeah. and one chair in the middle. Yeah. And all these actors, and Milos was the big nurse. Yeah. And he would improvise with you and ask you questions. So you, if you're Martini, you say, Mr. Martini, what'd you do today? What did you do today? What was your day like? Yeah. And you go, well, I did this, that, and then, and then he'd go, well, Mr. Harding, what do you think about how Mr. Martini conducted his day? Yeah. And then Harding would break my balls, and then I would attack Harding, and then he would get Scanlon in there, and he would get... So he got the entire group. Was Christopher Lloyd there? Okay. So, no, because, well, it, it, it every time you'd go back... Yeah. Right? Yeah. He was there eventually. Right. But every time you go back, there were... Some people were the same, and some people were different. Yeah. And so he was... What he was doing was building... His cast, I think I auditioned like, it got to be five, six times. And it was all through improvising. All through improvising. Wow. So you'd go, you would seem to be a constant. He was, he, he, you were yeah, in. And then you'd see Vinny Schiavelli there twice. Yeah. And then you'd see Lloyd there. They were also, that was like a It's great, life changing, right? A great, great time. And people like, it's odd. I would imagine that a even, great time. even with Taxi, even with this, Sonny, there's still people that like, you know, Martini. Yeah, they love it. They, they love, love it. it. It's, like, it's a great movie. Milos made a great movie. And it was, it was a great project all around. And everybody was really fun in there. And I got to work. And Scatman was like oh, such a trip. And, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And Jack, when you Jack met Jack. was the best. Was that when you first met when him? I first met him. And you're both Jersey guys. He's from Manasquan. I'm from Asbury. Yeah. And But we were born in the same hospital. Are you guys still pals? Mm-hmm. Is he all right? He's good. Good. But I've yeah. known him for a long <laughs> so time. So, like, after Cuckoo's Nest, were you living here? I came out here, yeah, after Cuckoo's Nest because that was like a after movie. After it. That, yeah. Where did it shoot? Here? It shot in uh, Salem, Oregon. Oregon. In Oregon. In the hospital. Uh, and most of it was in the hospital, and then we did Depot Bay for the fishing scene. That was really fun, except we all got sick as a dog. Because Milos yeah, wanted to go out 15 miles out into the water. He didn't want to see land wherever he shot. And so we had a we had boats with us, yeah. like a police boat and a ba-ba-ba boat. Yeah. And then we you know, did that. Then I came back here. I came to California, and I was doing like little parts, like I did some police woman, I did a Starsky and Hutch, I did a, uh, a couple other things, and then uh, I did Going South. That was fun. And then in '78, uh, Joel Thurm, who's a casting director, asked me to read this pilot, and that was that Taxi. was that. That was that. Yeah, I loved it. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. Really fun. And that was with Brooks. 78. Yeah, Brooks, Weinberger, Stan Daniels, Dave Davis, the whole pack. It was like an amazing experience. We'll talk about life-changing. Like I just talked to Mary Lou. She was on the show on Monday. God bless her. Ask her if she remembers what shirt I was wearing when I went to to work. I would (laughs) have. So you get that script, you get cast in it. Well- you get you get that script and you got to go meet them. So I did this thing. Oh uh, this God. is a famous story. Yeah, uh, that you've heard a million times. I I got the Probably script. Not. I love this yeah. part. Um, Louis was a great part. And yeah. It was, uh, now you got to go in and meet them. And Joel said, you know, these are guys. I didn't know anything about them because I'd yeah. never seen Mary Tyler Moore. I'd never seen any of these shows. No, what were you doing? No. 
I was doing other things, man. Right, okay. I didn't even watch television. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know what I mean? And yeah. then, so it was cool. I went to Paramount. They had this beautiful office. They were all in there. I'm at the doorway. Brooks is in there. Weinberger, Stan Daniels, Dave Davis, a couple other people. Yeah. And Weinberger's got his sleeves rolled up and a script in his hand, right? Yeah. And there's a chair. Yeah. Right across the way from you. And you know that's the hot seat. Yeah. yeah. So you're at the door. And they're Joel, sitting at a table? They're sitting around a, yeah. like a like a real soft, cushy place oh, yeah. behind a a, a, um, a coffee table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very well-appointed yeah. office. There's the chair. Beautiful. And there's the chair. that You know that <laughs> so well. We do. We the know. Worst. So you go. And so Thurm, Joel Thurm says, this is Danny DeVito. This is the how you do. I say, one thing I want to know before I start, who wrote this shit? And I threw it on the table. <laughs> and that was it. They fucking, there was one step, man. It was in total terror. I thought, man, you fucked yourself out of a job. Nothing. And then they fucking hit. And you know, Brooks and those guys, I just didn't know them at all. <laughs> yeah. They laugh like, you know, they have their own like fucking patented. And they went crazy. They were all over them now. I walk to the chair. I know where I am. Yeah. You it's got, my room. Right. You got big okay? laugh. You did it. It's my room. Yeah. I couldn't say anything that wasn't funny. <laughs> I say, and? And they fucking piss. I go, so? <laughs> boom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like, a, it, was a, it was a gift. It was a good one. And then I got to meet all my, my best friends. I met... Uh, you know the whole cast to become my best friends for, for we did we did it for five years only. People think we did it longer. I mean, I've been doing Sunny now. These guys are terrific, and I love them. Fourteen years we've been together. Really, fifteen years That's because true, we right? took a year off for when Caitlin had babies and yeah. one of the babies and and uh, so they're like family. So they're my my kids. They're, yeah. I feel like yeah. they're my uh, you know getting older kids. You know. Yeah. My, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm and, younger kids, and everyone from Taxi, you guys, you know. No, we're good friends. Yeah, yeah. I work. I work with uh, Judd on Judd, my show. Well, we did. My dad. We did the Sunshine Boys down uh, oh, downtown. Yeah. So with Richard Griffiths, I did that in the oh, in, yeah. in, in in London. He passed on. He passed away, and then Judd came in, and we had a ball down here. We, did, you know, yeah. can you imagine? Yeah, it's fun. The right? Oh, we had so much fun, and there were a couple th things that were like really cool doing it with Judd because, you know. He was coming in yeah. to the play, right? So I had it down. I had yeah. done the show four hundred times or something. He comes into the show, yeah. and there were a couple of nights where he looked at me, and we had the same kind of relationship, right? In a way that Judd uh, and I, Louis, right. and, and one time he looked at me in the middle of the thing, and he went, "Louis," and you know, I, and we just took that one little beat On where we. Like, or he didn't know. No, he didn't know. He didn't know. It was like really cool. <laughs> He was in the moment. He was in the moment. We were doing it. I was breaking his balls, and he's going, Louie. And then, yeah. Willie. You know, it's very easy to make. We had so much fun. Oh, that's so him. hilarious. After 113 Louis. I love him. Right? He's going to, of course, it's in his brain. Oh, yeah. You're Louie. We, we had a great time. And I see Tony all the time. You do? Mary, yeah, Mary Lou once in a while, and Carol Kane, and Chris. Oh, Carol Kane. Chris and I are. Uh, see each other in New York. Lloyd is great, huh? Yeah, yeah. All, all. Uh, he lives in New York. He lives in New York. Yeah. And uh, well, well, all uh, the boys. Jeff passed away. Jeff, Jeff left. Yeah, and uh, Andy left. And Andy's gone. Yeah, Andy, my boy. Yeah, good boy. How was it working with Milos on uh, Milos on that on that? Uh, um, 
on the man in the. It was a complicated shoot. Yeah. Uh, but I love Milo's. Oh, because I saw the documentary about Jim too. So that it, it, we yeah. all know it was complicated. Yeah. <laughs> but we had a good time. I mean, everybody was. Yeah. You know, everybody was smiling. We had a good time. Yeah. Do you yeah. think you think it honored the, the most, story? I, I think it it, it was. Um, it, it wasn't exactly Andy, but it was like, it was damn close. The spirit of, yeah, he was, he was, like really, uh, I think more childlike. Andy was more like, um, there were simpler things about Andy. Yeah, and when you, I guess, when you do a movie, you're only going to the extreme stuff. Um, but there was some simple things. I, Andy would be like sitting in his dressing room eating sushi. During the day, yeah, and you could go in and talk to him and hang out with him without having to worry about becoming part of his art project, right? Which most of the time you were, you know, like there were a couple times that I was when we first met and I'd be in the hallway hanging out, and he's he's there, and he'd come out of his dressing room, and all of a sudden, some woman would come in with a package, like delivering, yeah, you know, like UPS person or. Uh, postal worker. Right. Yeah. And he would start on her. And you go, what are you doing? Taking a job away from a man. Okay. You know, you should be in the kitchen. You should be the blah, blah, blah. And then she'd get pissed off at him. And then we would all come out. I'd be out in the dressing, in the hallway. Like, what's be, going on? What's going on out yeah. here? And they would be rolling up their sleeves and wrestling. Uh-oh. And they would get on the ground and they would wrestle. <laughs> now, here's the thing about that. Yeah. I didn't think about it until many years later. I bought it, and everybody else bought it. But I suspect that that woman was on the payroll. Okay? <laughs> yeah. That's how fucking crazy Andy was. Yeah, of course. She came in dressed in a uniform. Yeah. To put on a show. Right. Okay, well, I'm, maybe I'm a little slow. He did the thing really well, and I and we all bought it. Like, what are you doing? A little slow took years. Took years. Yeah, a little slow. So when do you, like, after Taxi, when do you start producing? Like, how does that happen for a guy like you? Well, I'm on the direct always, so I did I did. You directed few, first? I did a few Taxis. I did oh, a couple okay. of short so that's... films. And then I, you know, and then uh, Throw Mama came along, and uh, they offered me the part of Owen, and I said that, you know, I would do it if I could direct it. You love directing? Yeah, I love directing. So so that was nice. So you, by... Because I was doing it, like, as a... You know, the first time I wanted to direct was when I saw uh, Battle of Algiers, mm. Ponacorvo's movie. It was About in the, 60s. the the revolution in Algiers. In, in Algiers, yeah. You know, black it's, and white. It's, it's an amazing movie. Yeah, it is. And and so I thought, what the fuck does a director do? Mm. You know, and that's when I started like exploring it, and then. So I got the chance to do Throw Mama, which was, I had a They wanted you in it, and you said, I want to direct it, too. Yeah. And they were like, okay. Yeah, and they went for it. Billy and- uh, yeah, Billy. Crystal. Oh, yeah. He still buddies with him? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and Larry Bresner. Yeah. He's passed away, but he's he was like, he was a good guy. He produced it. That was Billy's manager? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so, but that, that, that movie did okay? Did okay. Did really good. And, and then, then you... I went and did, um, after that, I think, was uh, War of the Roses. That was- that uh, did good. That did really good. Yeah, that was. A I good remember one. that movie. Yeah, I love that movie. And you're still acting, but you're directing that, right? And yeah. you're, you're in that. I'm and in that. Uh, and yeah. you got Michael Douglas mm-hmm. in it from the old days. Mm-hmm. 
And then I, you know, then I, then I like decided to uh, start a company uh, yeah. called Jersey that would basically. There was a weird thing that happened in the, in those days where it was like right on the tail of the auteur kind of yeah. movement from the seventies. Yeah, with yeah. The, with the Palma, yeah, with, with Scorsese and with all these guys. So, in my deal, I had a good deal for. Uh, my directing services. Yeah. And what I was thinking was I could open that up to other directors yeah. that I liked uh-huh. and that I thought would be good. So I uh, I started this company and basically wanted to m- make sure that I would find young, new, uh, talented people. You, you know, you people. partnered up with a producer guy? Yes, Two two people I yeah. partnered up with, and then and then we did we did some movies and, and did big movies. We did big movies, yeah. I mean, Pulp Fiction is a big movie. That's well, Pulp first... Fiction was like, yeah, that was my, my, the way that happened was uh, uh, one of my partners gave me Reservoir Dogs to yeah. read, and I said, I this is amazing. I want to do this movie, but the Reservoir Dogs was already being made. Yeah, so I said, well, I don't I, okay. I'm sorry, I missed yeah, that one. Right. But I'd like to meet the guy. Right. So while he was editing, uh-huh. I hadn't seen the movie yet. Quentin was editing, and I had a meeting with him. And I said, I'd like to do your next movie. And he, and he knew says, you. I don't. Yeah, he knew me. He knew me. And, and, and uh, I had also an entree from uh, Stacy, who was uh, my partner in the yeah. company. And I said, I'd like to make your, ne- your next movie. What is it? And he said, well, I, I don't know what it is. It's like, um, and he started saying, I have these stories, these intertwining. I said, listen, I love this Reservoir Dogs. I'm too late, but I would like to do your next movie, whatever it is. Can we make a deal right now? <laughs> right? He said that. I did. Yeah. And he said yes. And we went to I had TriStar. I had my deal at TriStar. And I made a... Deal for his next, paid for his whatever his script was. Yeah, make his next movie. Yeah, I didn't know what it was. Yeah, but you knew you. you knew I, mean, I knew the guy was. Yeah, who the yeah. guy was. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a year later, I was in my house, and I had called him. I knew that his movie was success. I'd seen Reservoir Dogs by now. Yeah, I I knew he was promoting it all over the world. And just was so happy to wait for what was coming. Yeah. And it came. And it was great. And huh? it was Pulp Fiction. Yeah. You read yeah. that thing and you're like, holy shit. Holy shit. This is amazing. <laughs> Thank you, God. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? That. But that was a big couple of years. You did Pulp Fiction, Reality Bites, Get Shorty. Yep. So that was that was how you entered the production uh, world. Big time. And those were all- they All were, fun. They, they were all and big all, movies. And all made by by people that I cared about. Yeah. Yeah. And you stayed in it for a while, right? Mm-hmm. You did what Aaron Brockovich. Yeah. That's a big movie. That was big. Did you win an Oscar? Uh we were nominated. That's good. Yep. And then uh She won an Oscar. Yeah. Um Julia Julia. It? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gattaca. Garden State. Did Garden you know, State, nice. You had to do Beautiful. that. Beautiful. Because of Jersey. <laughs> had to do that. Zach. Had to do, Zach. Love Zach. Had to do that. Pam Abdi. Pam mm. Abdi was like my she was my 
driving force yeah. through all of that. Oh, yeah. Jersey girl. Yeah. She worked yeah. Her at the film, Jersey Films? Yeah. yeah. She started out as a, uh, she came from Emerson. Yeah. Emerson. I was, yeah. In Boston. Yeah, in Boston. Yeah. She was answering phones at Jersey. Mm. Right? Yeah. Jersey Films, Jersey Films. I see her every day when I go to work. <laughs> yeah. Right? And I said, what's up, Pam? Where you, what's going on? I started talking to her. Yeah. She's from North Jersey. Yeah. I said, no kidding. Where? You know, and then we started talking Jersey. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next thing, you know, she's um, working as my assistant. Moved her to there because I we had a lot in common, mm-hmm. a lot of talk. Yep. Met her father, and mother, really sweet people. That's she was nice. like, "Oh man, great people from Jersey." And uh, she says to me, "You got to watch this show that's on." I said, "What is it?" She says, "It's called The Sopranos." I said, "Ah, oh, what is it about?" She said, it's about mob guys in New Jersey. I said, oh, Pammy, you know, eh, come on. Do I have to just inundate myself with mob guys? Is there anything else in the world for Italians <laughs> except the mob? Yeah. And she says, no, Danny, you got to, you know, she's got the accent, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. You got to watch this show. This is really good. I said, Pammy, I'm not going to watch that show, all right? Okay. Now, every week. Yeah. She's going, you don't know what you're missing. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. I'm going, I'm not going to watch <laughs> the show. Yeah. So I get, you know, like just yeah. this yeah. thing. You committed becomes, to it. Yeah. yeah. This thing, this little game. Yeah. Okay. She becomes, she was my assistant for a while. Yeah. She becomes a story editor at the company. Yeah. She's the head of the story department. And then she becomes the president. <laughs> Of the company. Jersey Films. Yeah, Jersey Films. <laughs> right? She yeah. does, she produces um, all the movies that you were mentioning, yeah. uh, Garden State, all these movies. Yeah. She becomes the producer, the president of the company. Cut to all these years go by, yeah. and we're still very, very close. Yeah. You know, she's amazing. She's, she's still made, in movies? Big time movies, yeah. right? Big time. She's yeah. producing, doing all kinds of yeah. great stuff. Okay. Uh, cut to um, many years later, and our company's has dissolved, and uh, I'm doing other things and whatever. Why'd you dissolve the company? We had like differences in in the in the hierarchy, you know. So you like, got you in got, the business. You got out of the production rack. Yeah, you know, we just got we separated the the people who were right. in the company. But you were done. I with... still do the. I still do producing. You do? I, uh, yeah, I still stuff have a, you're in? I have a first look deal at FX and I do stuff like that. I'm okay. doing all that stuff. And I'm making movies. I'm making a, a couple of little things. We're doing another. I do, this, that's a whole other story. But what I was getting Bammy, at was my, yeah. my, my, yeah. my big resolve here coming yeah. up. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. I find this movie that I was thinking about directing and there's a great part in it for a really good actor named James Gandolfini. Yeah. So I say, oh, wow, this would be great if I could get Gandolfini in this. I think I might do this movie. Which movie? I'm not going to say. All right. So I I contact him. Yeah. Now, it's way after the sure. his show's off the air. He's doing theater. He's doing all kinds of stuff. I saw him. Gods yeah. of Carnage. Gods of Carnage. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. Lunch. Okay. Yeah. Lunch with Danny yeah. and, and James. Yeah. And I got the food and whatever at my house. So he goes, um, Baba, we're talking about the script, uh-huh. right? And there's things to talk about. You know, sure. there always are and yeah. this and that and the other thing. The end of the meal, 
We sit, we sit in there. We're having a, gr- a great time. Yeah. And we're going to get together again. And I say, I'm going to say to you something right now that I don't think any other producer in Hollywood can say to you. He says, what? And I say, I have never seen The Sopranos. <laughs> And he goes, what? That's fucking great, man. (laughs) You've never seen it? I say, not one episode. (laughs) And then I tell him the story. And then... Must have made him feel good. Yeah, then I went... In some weird way. Then I went out and bought the box set and watched every one of them in four months. Great, though, right? Great show. Wasn't it? Great. Satisfying. Very when, when you can watch it, and then I, one after then I the got other. to, then I got to have another lunch with him and talk about it, and he didn't remember shit. Oh, really? Yeah, that's the kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that show where you didn't know? Nope. nope. Uh, you yeah, just burned right through it. I worked with him once in. Uh, he was in Get Shorty. Oh, what? Oh, that's right. He was the thug in that's Get Shorty. That's right. Gets thrown down the steps. Yeah, he's always he had those little thug parts. He True was, romance too. Yeah. He's he was co- a thug. He's, it was. He's good. Yeah, he was great. He was great. He was great. He's a nice guy in the yeah, Julia, really nice Julia Louis Dreyfus movie, the last one he did. Right, right. He's a sweet guy. Right, right, on the steps. It's very yeah. hard to see him as a sweet guy. It was a hard yeah, transition. A he was. He was a sweet guy. You did Death to Smoochie, too, which- Great. People great love fun. it. Some people love it. Some, some people, people don't. Love. Yeah. I don't know great, if they get it. I don't great, know if they get great it. Great experience. Yeah. Great experience. I'm working with Robin. Yeah. Oh, man. Did you Come know on. him from before? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and Edward, Edward's the best. Yeah. He's the greatest guy to work with. He's just like collaborative. He's good. Yeah. He's like fun. I just interviewed Norton. Oh, he's a great guy. I haven't put it up yet. What a great guy. Oh, man. Smart guy. Smart guy. Intense. Intense. Really good. Hard worker, right? Very hard worker. I love him so much. It was so good to work with. And we did it in uh, Canada. We did it in Toronto or or Toronto, however you say it. And uh, we had a lot of fun. It was really good. And Robin was amazing. Oh, God. Just to work. Yeah. Really good. Well, Fun, right? What a what an experience, man. What a good experience. So, but you haven't really have you you haven't directed a film since then? Um no, I did a short film called right. Mudgeons. Okay. Did you see it? No. Where do you get that one? You can see that on Vimeo. Okay. On Vimeo. Yeah. Cromudgeons. Who's in it? Me and David Margulies. You know David Margulies? I know the name. You know I mean, David, right? Yeah. <laughs> David he passed away, but he's such one of those guys. I'm getting. I'm just getting that picture of him. David Marley's I met on the Pirandello play I told you about in 1968. One of the fucking supreme, wonderful people oh, in the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah David yeah. was yeah. my buddy, oh. and we did so many cool things together. Forget about even on film or in things that we were in. Yeah, but just like you know. Good readings yeah, of things, yeah, yeah. you know. Oh, there's a script we're yeah. gonna read at EST. Yeah. You know, I'm a member of the Ensemble Studio Theater in New York with the with that Kirk uh, Dempster started. And anyway, uh, we would do things like, "Oh, Danny, we're gonna read this play. We're gonna read it for backers." Okay, yeah. we'll go. We all go. The actors go up into the, you know, you you 
in this shitty elevator where yeah. you go upstairs and you're on the fifth floor of this building that's like just barely held together by rat shit. Right. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Wooden just floors like, that are all yeah, broken. Yeah, all fucked up. Yeah. And, and, and we're all in a circle yeah. and it's actors just talking and what have you been doing? This is a thing. How's it going? Is this happening? What's going on? And we're waiting and we're waiting and waiting. And David's going, ah, Dear hearts, just a moment. I don't know when these people are coming, but these women have the money and we've got to wait for them. Okay, we keep going, keep going, keep going. All of a sudden, somebody comes running into the room. You guys, the fucking elevator is stuck between floors. I don't know how long it's been like that. (laughs) Holy shit. We go down two flights. They're in between the third and fourth floor. The people? The women were supposed to be the backers. It was like arsenic and old lace. We pried them out of there. They were in little gingham dresses and shit. You know what I mean? They looked like they looked like they had pin curls. Yeah, it was like hysterical. We pulled them out. What happened to the project? They didn't. They didn't back it. Yeah, I think it was a John Noonan play. John Ford Noonan. So author. all right. So I just want to say a couple of things you know, before we uh, talk about Jumanji, which I think is very important. Is okay. uh, <laughs> That uh, I thought the, your performance, I was so thrilled with the Penguin, I can't even begin to tell you. Oh, man, I had a ball doing that. But I mean, it was like, I remember when I saw it, and I was like, how did DeVito you know, get such depth to this thing, this guy? Like, you know, it was heartbreaking and, and, and oh, beautiful yeah. and funny, but oh, like, yeah. it was almost like a fucking opera. Yeah. It was operatic. I love that. I but love like, I've never seen anything like it before. I love that. It's free. I was free. And you put, you know what it is? It's like we all wear masks. We all do. Everybody right. does. We know that, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, this was really the ultimate. I was in that makeup trailer for three hours, putting Oswald on. Yeah. Nose. Yeah. This, that, and the other thing. Hair. Ba, 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 ba. And Tim is like one of the most inventive directors. Tim ever. Burton, yeah. Yeah, Tim Burton. I mean, he's, a, he's it's basically when you're on set with him. You're watching him paint. You're watching him take that piece of your Oswald. There's the there's Batman. There's the Catwoman. There's the duck. There's the this. There's the penguins. There's yeah. the lo- there's the the sets. There's yeah. the, you know it's and he's like you know it's almost like German expressionist. Watch, you're cinema. watching him do it. Yeah. And it's like amazing. Uh, and he's running around. He's on that side of the set. He's on that side of the set. Yeah. He's here. He's there. Putting it all together. Uh, and and somehow in that context, I become a free man. Huh. Uh, what was the prep? I, I think. Did you spend time with penguins? I did. I went down to, I went down to San Diego. I yeah. walked in and saw the king penguins. Yeah. I was a. Uh, uh, I was with a. I remember I had one kid was in a. Um, Jake must have been in a, in a little wheelie thing. He was really young. Your kid. Yeah. Yeah. And I was with a, uh, uh, Rhea and the kids. Everybody came. We went down to visit the penguins. Yeah. And we had a nanny, an English nanny. She was a really great woman, uh, Sandra. She was really terrific. And I remember with the guide was saying, "We're going to the penguin cage now," and. Uh, uh, the king penguins grow uh, 90 to 100 pounds, and uh, we're going to go in there, and Danny's going to be able to go in there and be with them. And the woman, there was a beat, and we're walking, yeah. and, the, and the British woman said, a 9,200-pound penguin 
<laughs> no, ninety to one hundred pounds. Anyway, we went in and uh, it was cool. But I don't like the idea of zoo. I, you know, it's just, it's it it's. I'm not into like the, I you know, animals in, in captivity. I don't like the animals yeah. in captivity. I'm doing a movie now that's about it. That is like really uh, about what? It's about a gorilla. It's called the one and only Ivan, mm. and it's uh, it's um, a, based on a true story about a gorilla Ivan who was um, brought from the lowlands in in when he was a baby. Yeah, he was taken, uh. and uh, but he lived with people who cared about him, yeah. like as a, a baby. Yeah, uh, but then got big, and they put him they put him in a a roadside attraction in Florida. Oh, that's pretty sad. This is, I'm already sad. And it, uh, but the good thing, okay, Ivan, uh, true story. True. It's based on true story. Yeah. So they, the, the family, they, they, this happens with tigers too, you know? Yeah, I know. People buy a tiger, baby tiger yeah. gets big and they can't, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's thing. Animals shouldn't be in cages. We know that they should, uh, but here's the thing. So what happened with Ivan, uh, which is in the movie, it's written by, uh, this woman Applegate is this, it's a kid's book. Yeah. And in fact, I won't even tell you any more about it. Don't. You should read it. Okay. Get it. It's called The One and Only Ivan. And, then and it's going to come out in uh, a year from now. So, well, that sounds great. Really heavy. Cool. Yeah. But the penguin, though, like but, you're free. You're free. Yeah. You That's get into I that. Felt that. So you get into that thing yeah. and you're in behind that mask and you're going along and you've got all this padding. I'm like a bulbous kind of, I've got layers of shit on me that all feel like mine after yeah. like an hour yeah you know what i mean and my face uh, v neil did the makeup and i feel like it live you can live in it you can talk and i had teeth and i had this you know mouthwash that i put spirulina in and yeah. i screwed into my mouth like i <laughs> I could drool and I could do anything I wanted. (laughs) I could take the place apart if I wanted. You know what I'm saying? And that was so good. And Tim let you go. Yeah. You know, and then, and it was good. And, and I, I never had more fun. Uh, I mean, I have fun on all the things I do, but yeah, I bet. And I, I, this one was like, I love Michael Keaton's Batman. Yeah. Michael's so sweet. Yeah, he is. And great. And I, you know, I could be around, Michelle Pfeiffer all day long. I mean, that's like a she's great. She, is she nice? Really sweet girl. Oh, I just nice. love that movie. The people the... were really nice on the whole thing, and and uh, uh, I had all. I Vincent was on that movie. Vincent Schiavelli was in that. He played one of my henchmen. Yeah, and uh, uh, the guy from Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, uh, yeah. Vincent's in there. I and, thought, and also the other thing I want to say is that I thought that you. Like I like this movie, and, and no one talks about this movie. But I, the Rainmaker, I loved that oh, movie. Oh yeah! And I thought you were—that was a Deck. great performance. Yeah, tried yeah. tried six times to pass the bar, couldn't yeah. pass the bar. Yeah, but he did finally. You yeah. know. Uh, and you working with uh, Mickey oh, O'Rourke? And, uh, yeah, Mickey Rourke. I mean, Mickey and, Rourke, and yeah, and, yeah, and, and, and uh, Damon, and Matt Damon. Yeah, it was such a sweet fucking dynamic. Loved it. That movie. Loved it. And Francis was he all together? Francis was great. Yeah. Yeah, Francis was great. We had a good time. And um, let's see, uh, Mary Kay Place. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, that's uh, heavy. You know, it was. It yeah. Was, it was good. It was really. Um, um, it was a lot of fun. People don't talk about it as a Francis movie, though. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. 
And there was a there was a really there were a couple of couple of things that were really fun. Like one he did, you know, you expect you always expect something. Like you know, you you hear stories about him and yeah. this, that and the other thing. Yeah, and you expect that he's not going to be on the set. Right, he's going to direct from right. the, the Silverfish. One day, I said to him, "Man, you know, he was on the set every day." Yeah, I said, "You know, I'm not getting the full couple experience, man. You're 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 on the fucking set. Yeah, you know, you're talking to the actors. Yeah, <laughs> saying oh, the get fucking you know, get out of here." Yeah. And the next day I came to work, there were big speakers. I didn't really notice it. Yeah. I was just breaking his balls. Yeah. yeah. Next day, Danny, move over, camera right. It's a fucking <laughs> big speaker. And I said, oh, you motherfucker, you did it. You know? And uh, that was good. He came back the next day. He's, he did, he's a sweet guy. He would have his way to- We, we ate lumberjunes all day. What are those? These little onion things yeah. that we you fry up. Oh, did he make them? Mm-hmm. He's a cook. He's a cook. All right. So okay. So that that I just wanted to say that. I wanted, yeah. Thank you. I that wanted was, to give you some love for oh, that, that was a, for that yeah, performance. That was a lot of fun. And that character. And Jake Kasdan, I've talked to oh, many yeah, times. Jake. Sweet guy. Jake. Yeah, Jake was great. And Jumanji. This is the third one. Yeah, I think so. Well, well, you got Robbins, and then you got the next one they yeah. did. I don't know, but it's fun. I got to work with Danny Glover, who I love. He's a sweet, really good guy. And how's the new season of uh, oh, we Sunny? Had a, we had a great time. We finished. With Sunny, we, did, good. we finished our 14th season. We did a noir show. We did a, you know, did, did a couple interesting things. Well, you seem great to me. In life? Yeah. Oh, good. Thanks. You too. Your brain's working good? Mm. <laughs> Get how how are the kids? Kids getting, are great, and you get along Lucy, with Rhea. Got along, get along with Rhea, Lucy, Gracie, and Jake doing great. Gracie's painting, Lucy's acting and producing, and Jake is producing. Rhea's doing a movie in New York right now. It's all good. It's great talking to you, man. Great talking to you, man. And he did walk down the stairs backwards. I I I watched him do it. The 14th season of Always Sunny in Philadelphia is now airing on FX. New episodes air Wednesday nights. And uh, Jumanji, The Next Level, uh, will be in theaters this December. That was uh, Danny DeVito, and that was a, a fucking great time for me. I, I, You gotta love Danny DeVito. I'll play some guitar. It's just some sort of ethereal, echoey, country-ish, three-chord progression. Dig it. Boomer lives. Boomer lives.